0: Hey, this is Vince again, this is part three, and, uh, well, if you hear birds chirping in the background, I am walking around at my new office, and I found this park right close to my gym that is, like, almost literally, it's an abandoned park, there's never anyone here, there's picnic tables, there's a porta potty there's no internet access. There's a, there's a big grass field and then there's woods all around. And of course there's birds, which is hence what you're hearing uh, in the background. And a plane and sometimes there's a helicopter that comes by. So you may hear some noise. So, um, but I mean, this isn't one of my lessons, but I will say this. I taught this before a lot. Your environment matters so much. Like where you do work. It is, I, I've told the story that I wrote my first book. Um, in the in in a church youth group office, and they weren't using it. And the guy was like, "Hey, you can use it whenever you want." And I had gave me a key, and I went in there like every afternoon from like three to five before I'd go home, and um, I would just write, you know, thousand words, two thousand words, and I banged out my marketing book in like a couple weeks. So it's it's a really your environment is huge. Okay, so. I'm rambling here, but number 17, this is part three of 41 lessons on my 41st birthday. Part three is do not ignore your email list. Now, um, i said this before, but there are a lot of emails you're getting right now amidst this whole COVID-19 pandemic that uh, you weren't getting before. And the reason why is they just... They never used it. They never looked at it as a valuable asset for growing your business. And here's here's a visual I want you to create for your email list. Okay? Your email list is a collection of people, hopefully in your target market. Like Sometimes not all lists are created equal, but hopefully there's people in your community that have come to a seminar, that have reached out to a Facebook ad, that have maybe come to you and not signed up, that used to be clients, and all those people are on your email list. And I want you to, and none of them are paying you money. Like maybe let's say you take off your paying clients off the list. And let's say none of them are paying you money. Now what I want you to do is I want you to imagine an auditorium, okay? And I want you to imagine all of those people, say it's 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people um, are in that auditorium. And I want you to make believe that that auditorium is in your house. And every morning that you get up, you have the opportunity to walk by that auditorium with all the people on your email list in the seats, they're all target market. They're all people that, you know, should be your clients but aren't. And you have the opportunity to walk into that auditorium, get on stage, and give them a message, hopefully of value, and then try to sell them something. Or try to get them to do something. And you have that opportunity seven days a week. You have that opportunity twice a day. You have that opportunity three times a day. You have that opportunity as much as you want. And it costs you next to nothing. Think about that. That's essentially what you got. Now, the one caveat to that is of all the people in the audience, only 20% are listening. (laughs) <laughs> the other 80% are on their iPhones And they're not listening it to you So that's just the way it goes With email Because you're not going to get 100% uh, Open rate You know, obviously that's just not the way it goes But, let's say it's a 2,000, let's say I'll use nah, Another joke on me is I'm bad at math But let's say it's a 1,000 people Right? And only 20% Well, that's 200 people Would you rather talk to 200 people a day or rather talk to zero people a day i'd rather talk to 200 your email list is such a valuable asset most of you that listen to me well you're getting this podcast from an email you download my book and then all of a sudden you start getting all kinds of crazy emails from me um don't ignore it don't ignore it in fact lean into it get better Find a way that you can get good email because here I will tell you this. If you start getting better at email and you start making sales from your email list, you'll write more and more and more. And I I, I am living proof of this. I started my email list to um, fitness fitness gy- for gyms all around the country. And I was doing one email a week and I was getting nothing. And I was getting really frustrated I'm sending this email a week and I was getting nothing. And I was like, I'll bite the bullet. I'll just do two. And it was hard for me. It took me a long time to write two. And, you know, not much happened. And then I started doing three. And when I got to three, I was kind of like starting to make some sales. I was like, "All right, this is kind of cool. I'm writing three emails a week. And I get start doing it and I get used to it. And I was like, this actually isn't that bad. I can go to four. Well, you know, this is I, I can do five. And then I like I went to seven every day. Every day. And man, if you can develop that skill, what a valuable asset that you have. What a valuable asset that you have. And here's the other thing you don't want to get better at copywriting, write every day. Best way to write every day is an email list. All right, you're not going to write a landing page every day. You're not going to write, you're probably not going to write a Facebook ad every day, but you can write an email every day and get really, really good at it. All right, that's number one. I went way. Over on my big big list here um, that I wrote in cursive. Number 18. Jump in puddles, not the ocean. Jump in puddles, not the ocean. When I started my business, I trained youth athletes. I trained post-rehab ACL. I trained high school football teams, I trained lacrosse teams, I trained adults, I trained moms, dads, grandpas, senior citizens, whatever. I did everybody. And I never really got good at any of it. And I never got good at marketing at any of it. You're going to make big, big splashes when you jump in a puddle. You're not going to make a big splash by jumping in the ocean. Start to think about that with your target market okay, start to narrow your target market. If you want to really, and a lot of times that gets scary because you think that you're eliminating certain parts of the population, and that is true. But there is that all saying is if you're if for everyone, you're for no one. So... Think about that and think about your target market. And is there a way to make it even more narrow? Think about your business and how much simpler and easier your business would be if you only had to market to moms over 40 that had two kids. Man, everything you said in, in your marketing message would be like hitting them like a ton of bricks. And I just made a hard decision in my business where we eliminated sports performance for years. For years, we were doing athletes. And I was just like, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do it anymore because I want my business to be simpler and easier and less complex. And so, but now we don't need all this marketing messaging to athletes or to parents of athletes. We just focus on adults over forty and helping them get fit, strong, and healthy. And it makes your marketing much easier, and you can make a bigger splash and make a bigger impact. Number nineteen, number nineteen is we'll stay on the marketing track here is know what problems your market wants solved know the problems your market wants solved i, I can always tell an amateur marketer and it's funny there's a uh, there's a business one town over from me that i see their facebook ads and it's just total trash and they're putting all the features of you know power strength training and like all that kind of stuff um, in in their ads. And it's like, nobody cares. Like people care about what's their problem. People care about, are you the person that's going to get them? Are you the person that's going to help them get to where they want to be? And the best way to do it, is to one narrow your target market, like I just said, but two, go through the painstaking process, the intake, the questions, the evaluations, the experience of, do I really know this person? Like, I mean, the best question to ask is like, what keeps them up at night staring at the ceiling? And it's not power training. It's not agility. It's not hit classes. That's like what you're hitting the nail when, when you can get someone to say this. I feel like he's talking to me. And when you say hit training, they're not going to say that. Right? You have to find out what are the words in your marketing that you're going to say that's going to get someone to be like, They get me. They're speaking my language. They're essentially... Write this down. Entering the conversation... That's going on in my head. And the way to do that is through understanding... Knowing on a deep level... What their problems are and telling them that you can solve them. Now, I've been... Able to have pretty good success as a consultant in the gym industry. Partly because I know the problems because I've lived the problems. Everything I've ever taught, I've been through. Everything. Every problem that any of my clients have had, I've had too. And I've had to work on soft, but I know it. I know it because I've lived it. And that's not to say that you have to live every walk. You know, if you're a 25 year old trainer and you're marketing to 50 year old guys, no, you can't walk their shoes, but you got to really do the work to talk to those guys and understand and get, get, get enough of an insight from them that you can speak to their friends and be like, Hey, this is, this is what I can help you with. I know you're struggling with this and this is how we're going to solve this problem. So really, really important stuff and, and Don Miller from StoryBrand does a wonderful job of this. He breaks down problems into external problems and internal problems and physio- philosophical problems and he really goes deep and I spent a few days with him out in Nashville and, and, and worked on this, the StoryBrand brand script which you know I teach a lot of the components of in my surge course. But it's a really, really powerful thing to know is the problems that your target market has because that's the key. If you can enter the conversation going on in their minds, they're going to come to you. Okay. Number 20. Number 20. There are three ways for you to grow your business. And this is you know a tip of the cap to... One of the guys that I've paid to consult with, and he ain't cheap, um, is a guy named Jay Abraham. And Jay taught me that there's three ways to grow your business. And if you have a pen and paper handy, you should write these down. Now, I've talked about these before, but I don't know what podcasts you've listened to or anything like that. Do you still hear those birds chirping? I think you do, but uh, they're everywhere. But Jay told me that there's three ways for our business to grow, okay? The first one is we all know it, right? And we all do it, and that's what 99% of our focus on is on. And the way to grow is that we get more clients, all right? We got 100 members, and our goal is to get to 120, you know, 120 or bust That's the goal. We got to get there. We got to get there. We got to get there. And we look at that going from 100 clients to 120 clients is how we're going to grow this year, and that is one way to grow. But the other two ways are going, and this is a mindset, this is a big, you know, I talked about unused capacity before. This is like a mindset bender that should kind of get you to, you should cement this thinking in your head. And the second one is increase the size of every transaction that you have. So how can you do that? Well, if you all of your memberships right now are one ninety nine, can you create a two ninety nine membership and sell half of the people into two ninety nine, and now the average sale is half of that, two forty nine. So, can you create an option that's maybe one on one personal training, where you have your normal one ninety nine option, and then you also have you know, a, um, you know, a 999 option, 997, right? Something like that, where you get a certain percentage of the people, um, to, 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 to buy something bigger. And a lot of this is, you know, goes into, you know, the pricing structure. And this is like, you know, I don't have this on my list, but I really should, but is, you know, having the right pricing structure is a massively important thing to your business. Massively important thing. So that's number two that Jay taught me is increase the size of the transaction. Do you need to bundle something? So that every time, you know, I used to, you know, whenever I would do consultations, I had a goal to sell, um, you know, one supplement with the sale. So I would sell a jumpstart for two ninety nine. dollars and I had a goal for myself to sell a supplement with that, which was around $40, 50 bucks. So instead of the first transaction um, being two ninety nine, it was three forty nine because I sold the supplement. Right now that was that first transaction that they had, and I made and I went, I, I got it from uh, two ninety nine to three to three forty nine because of that one idea and that one concept. So start to think about the way. To um, and, and then another number to look at with this is what's the average value, monthly value that your clients spend with you. Do you know that number? Do you know that number? Do you know the number? What is the average monthly value? Is it one ninety nine? Is it two ninety nine? It's got to got to be something you know. Going back to knowing the numbers, so you got to know that stuff. The third thing in the three ways to grow a business model is increase the frequency of transactions. Now, I know a lot of you have um, monthly memberships, which I think is great. Okay, And if you've got a monthly memberships, you're ahead of the game here. because think of, think of how many times someone goes to a store and they just buy once and they never buy again. I told the story recently on, in an email um, of a company in the fitness industry that I did business with 10 years ago. And they recently just hired me to do some consulting for them. But I was like, I told them, I was like, I did business with you 10 years ago and I've used your thing for the last 10 years and I haven't paid you a dime in 10 years. And they didn't even get that much from me that first time. So I told them, it's like, what do you need to do to get people to buy more often? Right? So increase the frequency of the transaction. So you have clients, they pay you monthly right now. And let's say they pay you 12 times a year. What are things that you could do to get them to pay you sixteen times a year? Is there a quarterly challenge that they can join? Is there a nutrition coaching service that they could purchase? Is there a supplement membership that they can become a part of to have a separate transaction? Is there a you know a uh, type of accelerator program where they train with you one month out of the year uh, in just that one month? They beef it up and they accelerate their results. And they, they're usually paying $300 a month, but that month they pay you 1500 or something, whatever. So the frequency of the amount of times that they pay you is huge. So, those are the three ways to grow a business model from one of my mentors, Jay Abraham. So, number 21. Number 21. All right, I'm getting, I'm going to get personal here. Your worst days are your best days. Your worst days are your best days. 2017, August, my dad had a horrific stroke. Horrific. Still today cannot talk, cannot walk, right side of his body's paralyzed. And just living an awful quality of life. It was just that bad of a stroke. It just hasn't come back. And, you know, when that happened, it was like the worst day. But something happened while I was in the hospital. And I was driving to New York City every day. And I told the gym, I was like, guys, I'm out. I'm not coming back for a month. And I'm going to be with my family. And you guys got it. Take the reins. And while I was in the hospital, you know, there's a lot of time in the waiting room and waiting around. Um, I started to write my first book. My first book was actually not the ultimate guide to marketing. Gym. My first book was the um, 364 hiring manual. And basically what I did was I just started to outline the hiring process I had used for the last 10 years. and Or seven years at that point, I think. Um, no, I think it was 10 years actually. Um, and, 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 I, uh, and I just sat there in the lobby And I wrote it And I got back to the gym in September And I looked at the numbers And I'm like, holy shit Like, we crushed August And I'm looking at, like, what the projections were for September And I'm like, man, we're gonna finish this year really strong I was literally gone Gone Like, hardly any contact at all And... This It was my dad. And I always say this. It was my dad telling me. You know, hey, this bad thing is going to happen to me. But it was my dad telling me, you need to go off and you need to teach this stuff. It's like, how many other gyms in America can the owner leave for four weeks and all of a sudden things got better? Very few. And it was my dad telling me, not in his own voice. But it was my dad telling me to go off and Start a new business, and I probably—I don't know if I would have done it. If that that didn't happen. I don't really. I thought I probably would have stayed, you know, being a gym owner, like you know, and just just kept doing it, and maybe done dabbling a little. But I wouldn't have created a real business. I Wouldn't have this podcast. Wouldn't have books that I've you know I've written five books. And I think if that awful thing didn't happen, now here's the thing: it's still an awful thing in my life and an awful thing in my mom's life, and it's a terrible tragedy. But it gave. That gave birth to something that um, is really good, and you know, I know if I could tell my dad about this business, about this podcast, about the books, and about the newsletter and everything, that he'd be really, really happy. And so, sometimes you gotta like look at like every bad shit that every bad thing that happens to you, all the bad shit. It's all wrapped in lessons. And here's the thing. I even, I know this. I know this. And I still go through lots of periods where I don't, I realize it too late. I realize it too late. And I've gone through the poison that I put in my body of stress and the bad things that happen. And I poison my body with the stress and I get angry at myself for not realizing, Hey, there's a good, there's good in this. This is a really shitty thing but there's a lot of good and this might be one of the best things. COVID-19 pandemic is an awful thing but I think it's going to be a really good thing for a lot of businesses. A really good thing. So when you have the bad days when you have the challenges and the things that you think are like the, the sky is falling on you, you, you have to look. And I'm not saying, oh, be positive and look at the bright side. It's just no. Learn. Learn. And again, I'm telling myself this. I'm recording this podcast for myself, not just for you. Because there's times in my life where I still, I don't do it fast enough. Right? I just get Buried on the stress and I don't realize There's good here There's good in this And this happened for a reason Ooh, Number 22 I, I, uh, Number 22 Is track attendance Now I cannot I cannot Begin To, to tell you how important This is And if you're doing it, great. You can skip to the next one. If you're not, you're losing money. That's the God's honest truth. And again, I'm speaking to myself because I went through many years where I didn't... I was lazy with this and I didn't get on my coaches enough to take attendance. And here's how this is so important. So if you're tracking attendance, you and someone is supposed to show up three times a week and someone, which is 12 times a month, and someone one month starts to show up 11 times, and the next month they show up 10 times, and the next month they dip down to nine times, and then they're paying you for 12, and then they dip down to eight times, what are the chances that that person's going to continue? Super small. Or they're going to at least downgrade their membership. So the first thing is the attendance, and you tracking attendance is going to, it, it's the most re- important retention tool you could ever have. And and one could argue, you know, we don't spend enough time on retention. Sometimes we take it for granted and people just stay with us. But but tracking attendance is, is, is the number one leading indicator of someone leaving. If they stop showing up, they're going to leave. Guaranteed. At some point, they're going to leave. So you got to get out ahead of that That's called tracking a leading indicator But the second thing it does is You are knowing uh, Tracking attendance And knowing how many people are in a session So let's say You don't track attendance And you got a capacity of 8 people And every Session has 4 in it And there's not a data report That's spitting that out That tells you you're at 50% capacity Well you're losing money baby you're losing money by not evaluating that part of your business and, and, and saying that, hey, man, we have half of the amount of people we could have in this hour. We either need to shift the time around and move this time to another time. We either need to hit the marketing harder. We need to improve our sales process, get more people in. We need to start giving away more free uh, sessions to fill those spots with potential people, which I call the lonely kettlebell theory. There's there, There's so much to do. But if you don't track attendance... You don't know what your usage is. So now you're screwing yourself on your profitability. And you're not making important decisions that you need to make in your business. That's, you know, one of the things that's called operational excellence. Right. That's a that's a form of operational excellence when you can be militant with your attendance and you can be militant with the 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 the, the capacity and stick to a certain percentage. And if you go below that percentage, like a bomb goes off like, yeah, man, that's that's necessary. That's necessary. And again, I only speak about this passionately because I've made this mistake. Made this mistake and it cost me. A lot of money. And I don't want you to make that same mistake either. So track attendance. Man. Get on, mind body. If you got your mind body all bent out of shape, get get it back in check. Number 23 is uh, have regular meetings. Now, when I first started, and it was just me and Tom back in the day, we used to just meet about training, so we would, we would sit there and be like, all right, well, did you read McGill's book? Yeah, I read that. It was good. Like, and we just talk back and forth about training. And that was our meeting structure. And that served us well back then. We just got better at what we did. And then we started to get a couple more people. And then the meetings turned into, what are you reading this week? And also, oh, yeah, let's talk about our clients. Like, oh, yeah, Sally came in. She had a little bump shoulder. Yeah, we, we should probably send her out to Charlie Weingroff. Um, we and, the convers- and then the meetings were like that. And then we started getting more savvy and we had more people in the meeting. Then we started talking about, all right, we have to focus on our marketing and, and we have to you know, really make sure we have enough leads to fill um, the, the top of the funnel, All right, And then we looked at conversion rates and we met about that. And then we looked at you know, what's going on with the team members and this person's unhappy and blah, 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 blah. And it, it's just a, a constant form of communication is essential, is essential, is essential When you're running a business. And it's not as important when you have one person. And then if you have two people. But when you start to build a squad. And you start to build a team. You got to meet. You know I follow. You know what's called a level 10 meeting structure. From uh, the book called Traction. Which is brilliant. I believe it's the best meeting structure around. Um, But it's it's a formula. And so you have to look at where your business is right now. What's the size of your business is. And, you know, decipher how many meetings you want to have per week. Um, If you're doing none, you know, maybe you start having one. And if it's just you and one intern, maybe you meet with that intern. Get you used to public speaking a little bit more and things like that. So but the the communication among your business, among the people that are working your business is essential. And having regular meetings is, is a big, big part of it. Alright, number 24 is the last one of this section. And this is a very interesting one. And I, I'm honestly like I I can only tell you what I feel from this. I can't really tell you how it works, being honest. So for the last 20 days, I every day, every morning, I get up and I drink my lime and uh salt. Margarita, no alcohol in it. Um, I have some supplements. Take the dog out and um I leave my house and I start walking and I walk backwards. And I work backwards really slow and I count my steps and I visualize sometimes I visualize the numbers that I'm counting. Sometimes I'll visualize myself smiling, which is a whole nother lesson. Um sometimes I'll just do an exercise called theater of the mind which isn't again another lesson but the reality is I've started walking backwards and I feel a level of stress and tension through the last 20 days it obviously hasn't happened immediately but I've felt this level of stress and tension start to kind of ease out of me and I feel better and I really don't know how it works but Matt Fury told me to walk backwards so I started walking backwards I told him I wanted to have better control of my brain I said I want to control my own thoughts and I don't want the inner critic of mine, which I have and just like you have, to be as loud as it is. And he's like, oh, that's simple. Just start walking backwards for 2,000 steps. And I was like, all right. So every day I get out in the morning and, you know, this is just a good recapping the lesson on mentors. Just do what they say. Don't, sometimes don't question it. Or just like sometimes the best thing to do is just do what coach says because coach said so. So it's an old Chinese healing thing, walking backwards. But I, I think that Matt has a, Matt Fury has a product about this called the Dao Su Dao or something like that, where it teaches you, literally, it's Matt Fury walking backwards on the DVD. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, man, I feel better. I really do. I feel this ease of tension. I feel like I'm not getting being as reactive. I feel like I'm making decisions um, more confidently and, and, and faster. And I'm not like kind of like worrying about if I made the right decision as much. And is it like, you know, a switch? No, no, it's like something that has slowly started to build. And I was like, man, I feel like I'm liking myself better this way. And, you know, the only difference I've made in the last 20 days has been walking backwards. Um, every morning so maybe give it a shot alright well that is the end of uh, I don't even remember what numbers uh, I just finished Uh, hold on I'm walking back to my notepad to let you know so we just wrapped up of out of 41 we just wrapped up 17 through 24 so hopefully you got some value from that and I'll be back later with 25 through 32 See you soon.